This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. The baseball playoffs have arrived and we're not in it. So welcome to your annual Rico Bronia playoff viewing playoff viewing guide we are going to be your guide to watching the major league baseball postseason despite the new york mets not being involved we will break this into two parts one part will be about the players that are involved and if we have any hatred or love to any of those guys and then the second part will be the teams you know there are some teams that are obvious that we don't like such as division rivals such as almost every team in the National League, the American League is a little bit more subjective. It's almost your taste as a baseball fan. And then the selfish interest. Is there anything that can happen with a team being eliminated or a team going on a run that somehow can benefit the New York Mets? That's our approach. We'll read some of your emails that were sent in concerning your viewing guide to the postseason, who you're rooting for, who you hate at the RicoB at gmail.com. It's funny. We did this a year ago, but we did it a year ago after the Mets had gotten you know, eliminated by the San Diego Padres. So at that point, we were down to your customary eight teams, the four left in the NL, the four left in the AL with the divisional series. We are doing this towards the beginning of this postseason, which includes the wild card series. I will tell you this about the wild card series, because this is our first year of it really being wild. And what I mean by that is I think Major League Baseball has envisioned the wild card series being like craziness in the middle of the week. Oh my God, there's baseball all day on a Tuesday. Oh my God, there's baseball all day on a Wednesday. We didn't have that a year ago. Because remember a year ago, because of the lockout and the delay and pushing the season back a few days, the wild card series was actually on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which now has you competing with college football and the NFL. This is the first year, 2023, of the true intention of the wild card series. I will tell you off the top, while I didn't want the expansion of the postseason, and I do like baseball all day, it's kind of fun, it's kind of wacky, there's something missing. And I don't mean the Mets. Obviously, they're missing. It's not the same. It's not the divisional series. It's not the LCS. Like You feel further away from the championship. And that's the beauty of baseball. Like when you're in the postseason and you're in the divisional series, and I grew up with the divisional series. I was 12 years old upon its addition from the old, you win a division, you go right to the LCS. I don't know. It just felt like you were close. You're a series away from the league championship series. 
And now, by adding this extra layer and it being best of three, while I'm into it, while I'm watching it, I don't know. It's like every round you add, it becomes a little bit less and less. Every round you add starts to make it not quite as important as it used to be. Do you agree with that sense, by the way, Pete, or is that just me? Um, It's different this time around because I guess um, the Mets aren't into it. So I, in it, so I guess I'm trying to get an, a feel for it. It's a different feel than last year. And again, like you said, it's not on the weekend. So it's, it, it is odd having baseball week, but again, I kind of like it like ba- football to me. I love the first weekend of, of the playoffs in football because it is exciting. It is that like football nonstop. So I guess, guess as during the work, the work week, it's a little bit difficult, but I, I don't, I actually don't mind it. I love baseball by, that much. By the way, just to pick up on last year with the Mets being in it, even though I was living and dying on every game, and I think most of us were, the crowds weren't. Like, the atmosphere at City Field was off last year. And you could argue, well, it's the way they stumbled into the postseason, and maybe that was it. Or maybe it was the fact that you just added another layer to the playoffs. They were empty seats for postseason games last year at City Field, which is something I've never seen before. Sure, we're used to empty seats at Tropicana Field. That's like a tradition every time the Rays make the playoffs. But even last year, coming off a 101-win season, it was a little odd that City Field didn't have that same electric that you would expect for making the postseason. So who knows? Maybe it had something to do with that extra round. No, I agree with that part because – that's 100%. Like, in football, you're going to go to a game. It's one game. You're going to invest that one the money into one game. I think people thought we were going to steamroll San Diego last year. So, we'll, we'll go to the next round. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it's steamrolling. I think it's, I'm going to save my money. It's, it's expensive to go to this round. I'll pay for the LCS. I'll pay for the Divisional Series. Not because you believe you're going to get there, but because you believe, Hey, if I have to spend money, I'd rather spend it on that. And I and I'm the schmucko who spent top dollar to sit uh up on in, in the upper tier, the, the 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 freaking highest rows of nosebleeds, and I spent top dollar on those. Meanwhile, the day of, <laughs> if I'm correct, I remember people saying, dude, the tickets are fucking so cheap. Excuse my language, yeah. but they were so cheap. And I was like, get the hell oh, out of here. Oh, dude, it was crazy. Like I I even got arrogant last year because I look at the Mets making the playoffs and say, not that it's a business opportunity, but maybe I can make some of my money back because being a Mets season ticket holder is bad business. Like you don't get into being a Mets season ticket holder to make money. You do it because you love the team. You do it because you want the tickets. And what you try to do is just cut your losses down. So when the Mets are in the postseason, I bought an extra strip, not because I'm just trying to make money, but because I'm trying to pay off all the money I lost during the regular season. And what happened? I lost more money in the postseason because I I couldn't even get my money back for those postseason tickets. Yeah. (laughs) Now, quick question off the top of your head. I went through each team in the postseason. We obviously have, what do we have to, 12 teams in the playoffs? Yeah. We have 12 teams in the Major League Baseball postseason. Which of the 12 teams features the most former New York Mets? Um, off the bat, quick guess. I want to say the, I, they're spread out all over the place. It's not the Diamondbacks. It's the. the Quick guess. You're taking an hour and a half. 
I, I know I'm overthinking the Phillies. I'm going to say the Phillies. <laughs> you go with the Philadelphia Phillies. That's incorrect. It's a fine guess, though. Every team in the postseason features at least a former Met, with the exception of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, and also the Minnesota Twins, but I don't know. I kind of want to include Carlos Correa. <laughs> I almost want to put him on the list. No, nah, the team with the most, most former Mets, even if they're not the most impactful, actually the Atlanta Braves, believe it or not. The Atlanta Braves, and I haven't seen what their final postseason roster is going to be. Obviously, you could change it for each round. The divisional series is not starting for a little bit of time. But the Braves feature four former Mets, three of which are forgettable, one of which was pretty impactful. The forgettable ones are Colin McHugh, Kevin Pillar, Brad Hand, and the memorable one, Travis Darno. I have no, and we'll get to the teams in a bit, but as far as these players are concerned, obviously, I don't give a rat's ass about Brad Hand, Colin McHugh, and Kevin Pillar. When I see them play, when I see Hand and McHugh pitch, I don't think, oh my God, we have to bomb the former men. Travis Darno, though, is a different story. And it's nothing personal with Travis. Travis ain't a bad guy. Travis was an important part of the team that won the pennant in 2015. But seeing Travis Darno go from an 085 batting average, they have to DFA him into a guy that bounced between Tampa and LA. And then of all places, he becomes a borderline star with the Braves is, how do I describe it? It's puke-worthy. Like, I, I don't like it. I don't think any of us like it. It's nothing personal. It's strictly business. I think if Darno had blossomed in Tampa Bay or blossomed in Anaheim or Minnesota, whatever, who cares franchise you want to come up with, it'd be annoying, but it wouldn't be puke-worthy. Having it happen with the Atlanta Braves is puke-worthy. So besides the fact that we can't stand the Braves, Travis Darno is a guy I don't want to see succeed. I do not. Now, you mentioned the Phillies. The Phillies have two former Mets, and they both are ones that are certainly memorable. Taiwan Walker, who obviously recently signed there, and Zach Wheeler. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Zach Wheeler thing I get very mixed about. I have zero ill will towards Zach Wheeler. Like, how can I be mad at Zach Wheeler? The Mets were run by the Wilpons. And if Steve Cohen had bought the team one year earlier, Zach Wheeler probably is re-signed and is a stalwart in the Met rotation. Instead, they let the guy go. They never made a serious bid on him. And he ends up down effing I-95 with the Philadelphia Phillies. And to me, Zach Wheeler is one of the most reliable starters in baseball. And my hatred for the Phillies is more so than my, I don't want to see Zach Wheeler succeed. Because I think, Pete, there's a small part of me that every time he succeeds, just reinforces how awful the Wilpons were. And it's not like hate towards Zach more than it is just hate towards the Phillies. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and that's a lot of players that we're going to hit on 
overall. There's some guys that played really well for the Mets, and it just it was unfortunate it didn't work out here. And I don't have ill will towards them. I kind of want to root for them, but the team that they're on sucks. So it's it's kind of it's kind of like a toss up. It's it's a very difficult list. I had a very difficult time going through all of this as far as where I should root. Oh yeah, and look, the team thing is a little bit different, but the player thing, like the individuals, some of these guys are complicated. Uh, like for example, there's one guy, one former Met on the Los Angeles Dodgers, and I will tell anybody listening if we miss the guy or two, certainly let us know. I am not perfect. It's not like you can Google it. And it's just going to pop up in front of you. Maybe you can. <laughs> at, least, at least when I tried, it did work. So I went roster by roster. Uh, some of it off memory. Some of it off baseball reference. So if we missed the guy, let us know. The Rico B at gmail.com. LA Dodgers have one former Met. And it's no longer Justin Turner because he left. And he was a Red Sox this year. And God knows they didn't make the playoffs. That former Met is Ahmed Rosario. And again, Ahmed Rosario is very non-offensive to me. Because I think when I look back at the Lindor trade, and obviously the book on Rosario in Cleveland is gone because they traded him to L.A. at the trade deadline for Noah Syndergaard, who you can forget about. He doesn't exist anymore. Ahmed Rosario, I think, proved very early on in his career that he was what he was. Like, there was no blossoming for Ahmed Rosario. He's a serviceable Major League Baseball player. He'll hit about eight or nine home runs a year. He'll hit 260, 270. He won't draw any walks. He'll have a measly OPS. He has turned himself into a more versatile player because he's played the outfield and he's played second base. But I don't even look at Rosario as a guy I got to root against because, God forbid, that trade, the Lindor trade, is bad. Like, he's just, I think Ahmed Rosario, and a lot of guys on this list are like that, he's just a former Met. He's just a former Met bouncing around the league. By the way, real quick on Taiwan Walker, I have no ill will towards him either. Any rooting against Taiwan Walker is just a rooting against the Philadelphia Phillies. It has nothing to do with him. So Rosario, kind of indifferent. The Brewers have one former Met. That's Marcana, who obviously was acquired at the trade deadline. Same thing. Like, I got good feelings towards Marcana. Marcana was what he was. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't come here and underperform. He didn't come here and overperform. He seemed like a good dude in the locker room. Mark Canna is one of the many, many guys in Met history who you'll remember as, yeah, he was all right. Yeah, he's all right. Nothing against him. As far as the Arizona Diamondbacks are concerned, they feature two, two former New York Mets, Paul Seawald and Tommy Pham. Paul Seawald's a guy who developed, obviously, after his time with the Mets. In Tommy Pham's case, same thing. Like, yeah, he was fine. Less so than Canada because he was here for a shorter period of time. Tommy Pham, Pete, is going to be most known as the guy in the athletic article who said that this is the least hardworking team of position players he's ever worked with. That's what he's going to be known for. Right. Well, but that's why it's going to be some people are going to hate him and root against him because if they don't like his statements and think that it was a negative and that he, you know, the, some people don't like when the uh, the curtain gets pulled back and the information gets out. Some people are very against that. So I think some Met fans will say, F you, Tommy Pham. Do you say F you, Tommy Pham? No, I'm not in his fantasy football league, so I'm okay. <laughs> That's the key. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys I, I look at, I don't hate him for making that comment. Like, he was interviewed in an article about the Mets. And 
I don't even think that quote was from necessarily him being interviewed more than it is. It's something he had said in the Met locker room. I'm not really sure. I don't know how that kind of stuff is reported and figured out. But I don't have any ill will towards him, even if you don't want to believe everything he had to say. Uh, Another guy, and this guy, I don't want to say I'm going to root for him, but I like him and I sort of feel bad for him, is the one former Met on the Miami Marlins, and that's David Robertson. David Robertson was the straw that broke the camel's back when it came to the Mets quitting in 2023. When they traded him that night, and it was during that rain delay, and they didn't use David Robertson to close the game out, we all thought, "Uh uh-oh, is he hurt? We later find out they had traded him to the Marlins, and it was shocking, stunning. I had lost my mind. We recorded a very angry Rico Bronia, I think. Did we record a Rico Bronia that night? I forgot. Uh, I'm pretty sure that we recorded one for that one. I think that's what we, we were able to get one in there because it came yeah. in early enough time. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because I know I was on delay with that game. Like I was really, really confused when I then turned over after the game was over. I had finished it and my phone had blown up with a million messages about David Robertson. Uh, David Robertson was a great New York Met for the period of time he was here. David Robertson did something that was not easy. He replaced Edwin Diaz and he did it. I'd almost give him an A minus for it. Like nobody can replace, replace Edwin Diaz. But considering he was the high leverage reliever for the New York Mets, the closer, if you will, he was marvelous. He wasn't perfect, but he was damn good. And the trading of Robertson was the ultimate indicator of this is going to be really tough to win games. They trained in Miami. Obviously, we'll see what the kids turn out to. And he's been terrible there. Like, he goes to Miami, he's pitching to a 5 ERA. He's not even their closer. Like, he could come in and get some big outs in the seventh inning, but he is not the guy they thought they were trading for. So it feels like we sucked out every bit of David Robertson in the first half of 2023 that by the time we traded his sorry ass to Miami, he didn't have much left. So I actually have a lot of compassion for David Robertson. It feels like he left it all for us, and now there's nothing left for Miami, which sucks for the Marlins, but it is what it is. Well, it's funny, too, because you talk about David Robertson, who actually really wanted to stay here. He did not want to go. And maybe that's a factor, too, of why he's being not as pitching as as well as he normally does in, in Miami, because he just wants to be home. He wants to be with the Mets, and which he will return <laughs> in 2024. Lock him <laughs> I think he will, too, by the way. The question is, is he going to be the first half David Robertson with the Mets, or are we going to see a continuation of the aging and old David Robertson with Miami? In the American League, the Baltimore Orioles feature one former New York Met. They also feature a former New York Yankee, but they feature one prominent former New York Met, a guy that we could not stand a year ago a guy that we couldn't wait to see get traded away. He has seen his batting average go up by 27 points. He has seen his on-base percentage go up by 12 points. He has seen his slugging percentage go by up 100 points, and he's doubled his home run total from a year ago, and he only played in eight more games. He missed a lot of time again this year. James McCann, ladies and gentlemen. So instead of hitting 195, he's hitting 222. Instead of hitting three home runs, he hits six home runs. Instead of an OPS of 538, he had an OPS of 646. Here's the difference, though. Big, big difference. Why he's not hated in Baltimore. Because he was the backup. Because their starting catcher, the guy who plays most of the time, is a freaking stud 
and Adley Rutschman. So kind of like if James McCann was brought here to be the backup catcher for a superstar Francisco Alvarez, we wouldn't give a crap that he hit 195. Or we'd say, ah, he's a backup. What do you expect? But he came here with years and money and expectations and the role of being an everyday catcher. So sometimes in life and sometimes in baseball, it's about the expectations. And in the case of James McCann, the expectations we had for him are far different than the expectations the Orioles had for him. 